Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hope you had a good rest last night. Ready for another day of mindfulness and heart practice in this beautiful place. Last night, Dave offered us some insights, um, a wonderful talk about awakening to wise view. And um, complete, he talked about, I love the way he talked about a wise view or right view as being complete view, a fuller view, uh, viewing with skepticism whatever narrative or story or picture the mind pieces together from this samples of information that it takes from the environment or the situation. Instead of just knee-jerk believing in that, which is our habit, believing in whatever story the mind is making up about, well, it's, it's this, it's obviously this, and the interpretation of the data. <laughs> we sort of question that. And then we use our the Eightfold Path of Practice to uh, broaden and complete our view. And so I wanted, and this is what frees us. This wise view is, it, it both is in the free mind and it frees us from the incomplete views that are causing us suffering. So um, this morning... Uh, thought I'd reflect just briefly on the process of insight, the process of developing wise view, and how what we're engaged in here with our samadhi practice or our mind training practice, that's the three path factors in the Eightfold Path of wise or right effort, wise mindfulness, and wise concentration. Those three together, taken together, are what we call the mind training of this path of practice. And so how, I just wanted to reflect briefly on, on how this moment-to-moment mindful awareness helps us to develop a complete, more complete view that is the understanding that's the outcome of our practice. That is, frees us. Understanding lets go of clinging. Understanding uh, frees us. We don't do it. We don't let go. Wisdom does it, right? So we're using our practice to develop wisdom. How does that happen? One of my teachers, a Burmese monk named Saida Utejaniya, some of you may have heard of him, uh, he talks about uh, our mindfulness, why, you know, the wise mindfulness as a it's a kind of a technology, or it's, it's an observation. We're gathering information. We're gathering data. He has actually a computer background in his lay life. He was a computer scientist or data, or like a, an accountant or something. And uh, so when he became a monk, he started to teach in this way. Like, we're using our mindfulness to observe what's, what reality, that is our mind-body experience, actually consists of, as we observe moment by moment, this information comes in. We get information that we didn't have before. 
And we're viewing over time, this information accumulates to understanding. Um, so we apply the effort to come back to the present moment so that we can observe skillfully what's happening in the present moment, whether it's the nature of our senses or observing our minds, observing emotions, observing our bodies, observing the nature of pain, observing any, you know, whatever some aspect of our mind-body experience. And so that's the mindfulness, the wise mindfulness, which I'll get to in a second, what makes it wise. And as we do that moment by moment, we are naturally accumulating momentum or continuity of mindfulness. More moments of being aware, less moments of being caught up in the mind or distracted. And this momentum or continuity of mindfulness is one of the ways we can understand concentration, the third path factor. Collectedness of mind that comes from the continuity of present time awareness or mindfulness. Um, This allows us to see certain mind-body processes more completely when we can observe them all the way through. Like, for instance, we can start to see the way emotions are constructed of basically body sensations and thoughts in the mind of different kinds of thoughts. And that these two things work together in a feedback loop. And that the more that we believe in the thoughts and the narratives around the situation that's triggering us, the more that will drive another wave of the feelings, sensations of emotions in our body. This I'm telling you because I have observed it directly in myself through continuity of awareness concentration and that totally unpacked the nature of emotions to me which gave me a a new relationship to emotions like I no longer needed to fear fear or be aversive to anger or mindlessly act out of these emotions because I knew what they were nothing but thought body sensations and thoughts in the mind And the more I believed in the thoughts, the more I took them as real, like what Dave was mentioning last night, the the more the emotion persisted and the stronger it got. So we see these feedback loops. We deconstruct our experience into its component parts with this continuity of mindful awareness. Being aware over time, we see things more completely. We see what's revealed to us, the nature of reality that Dave mentioned last night. We see very clearly the impermanence, the temporariness, the changeability of everything. Everything. It's like a freeway of change in here. And that, that, just that, that information undercuts and dispels our assumption of permanence. It's not a thought process. It's, it's that the facts, you know, luckily... This is still fact-based, unlike our, you know, certain aspects of our society. <laughs> you know, like, our, our, it takes a while. <laughs> the delusion that we hold on to, the assumption of permanence, is really strong. And it takes a while of looking. We're, we just, we see impermanence so deeply and so consistently that it's just our mind lets go. It's like, okay, that's wrong. That's not true. Life is not permanent. Nothing in life is permanent. I'm not permanent. 
you know, sounds, emotions, thoughts, coming and going, coming and going. We see that everything is compounded, not self, anatta. You know, it's, we deconstruct, like I just mentioned about emotions. Emotions are made up of smaller parts. Everything is compounded, made of other things. That means there's no there there. There's no, we are made up of a bunch of different <clears throat> complex processes of body and mind, changing all the time. And we develop this view by seeing it, right? So that will, the seeing the constructedness and the compoundedness of everything and the conditionality, the cause and effect of everything, helps us understand, it helps dispel the assumption of self, of, of a fixed, that, that things have a fixed thingness, including us. So it develops that understanding and the cause and effect, the conditionality, uh, observations, show us how to um, change our mind stream going forward, our life going forward. It's like, oh, when I, when I step away from the negativity bias and look at what is actually pleasant and comfortable in my experience right now, I feel better. It helps support more continuity of mindfulness. That's learning <clears throat> about cause and effect. And that learning and understanding helps us to make choices, as Dave mentioned last night. So can you you start, you know, I'm saying all these things in a general way, but in my own practice and in Dave's practice, and I'm sure in many of yours too, this has been corroborated time and time again, this form of learning that we are undertaking with our direct observation practice that we call wise mindfulness. It's extremely powerful. So continuity, concentration, helps us with all of that. That's why we go on retreat, to see more completely and closely the nature of things. And then um, concentration also has this quality, this collectedness of mind that we have. It's got this quality of um, seeing patterns in things. You know, so like all of a sudden disparate bits of information that we've been gathering through various information sources, including our direct observation practice, come together into these aha moments of insight, the light bulb. Oh, that's what, that's what hearing is. It sounds, and then my mind relating to sounds, locating them in space identifying, perception operating to identify the source of the sound, then that triggers more mind stuff where I like or dislike the sound. It's something I want or don't want. There may be associations triggered, but it's just sound and mind processing sound. That's hearing. And we sort of grok it. You know that word grok? It's kind of old-fashioned, but it's like we get the whole picture of that's what it is. Hearing is not what I thought it was or what I assumed it was or emotions were not what I thought they were. It's not my boyfriend and all the ways he upsets me and why can't he get it together and stop upsetting me. I told him I hate it when he does that. It's just anger. And anger is just these sensations in my body and a bunch of thoughts that I'm 
believing in, like my, my boyfriend is wrong and I'm right. That's a view that is stimulating the anger. Now, there might, you know, okay, I won't go into that. We'll talk more about this kind of stuff later. I'm just giving an example. I don't have a boyfriend, so I was uh, I, I used to. <laughs> okay, I'm not, I'm not a nun. <laughs> okay, so the gathering of information. We gather information in a couple of ways. One of them is by hearing information like this. The Dharma talks, reading our Dharma books, you know, hearing the teachings, the Buddha providing all of this incredible information for us that helps us to contextualize the other form of information, which is the direct experiential gathering of data. What is Cheryl? Moment by moment, what this, this complex mind-body process, my parents decide to call Cheryl. What is this? <laughs> So we got the direct observation data, the information that comes from people who've been observing for a long time and had a number of insights, and then that fits together in these states of concentration, collectedness of mind into insight. And the insights have unhooking, letting go inside them. Insights let go. Insights are, seeing, are showing us the incorrectness of our assumptions. And so in that state of mind of like, oh, it's like that, the mind just lets go of believing in the wrong assumption and everything that's driving our suffering, our patterns of suffering. Sometimes these insights can be really small, like almost like just the bit of information that we didn't have. Yesterday when we were just standing in the afternoon before we did our stretches, And I said, are you standing perfectly still? Did you notice that you were moving? There were all these little micro-movements going on. When I first started practicing standing meditation, it's like I didn't know that. I didn't know that my body was doing all those little adjustments on its own to keep me balanced. That little bit of information, it's, it's like, wow. This is what my body is doing. This is the part of the process of being a human body. A similar little insight would be like when I started to observe sadness, the emotion of sadness as mind-body process, noticing the body part of sadness. And then there's the water coming out of the eyes. But I also noticed there was water coming out of my mouth, saliva. It's like, I'm sad, I'm crying, my whole head is watering. I never saw that before. It's like, whoa, suddenly I was more interested in the nature of sadness than in the storyline that was making me sad. So when we become curious on this level, this is wise mindfulness. The wise view that is, you know, um, or right mindfulness, you know, of the Eightfold Path. There's wise view, the correct view, how we should be looking when we're looking directly like this. What is the mind-body process of X? We observe as mind-body process. That's part of wise view. The other part of wise view is observing with the correct attitude, as Sayadaw Ukejaniya says. And we already worked with that yesterday. Meeting each experience with friendliness, with non-resistance, 
for the purposes of clear seeing. Not so that it, we let it take us over and overwhelm us and we wallow about in whatever it is. That's not non-resistance. It's non-resistance in terms of not denying that it's happening. I think Dave mentioned last night of being really honest with ourselves about what's happening right now and really humble, saying, well, this difficult experience is happening right now or this great experience is happening right now, whatever it is, not resisting it, allowing that it's here. It has arrived. It helps us to turn toward it and watch it, see it, observe it as mind-body process with friendliness and curiosity and interest in the mind. Those are all wise attitude that make up the wise mindfulness. It's, it's kind of big. And each of those things that I'm mentioning, we refine over a lifetime of practice. We just get better and better at this clear seeing. And then this natural capacity we have that is not a frontal brain thinking process. We can't make it happen. We can't do it willfully. Intuitive intelligence, intuitive wisdom puts the pieces together on their own. And it'll happen when the conditions are right. So don't go looking for it. The only thing we're looking for is how can I support more continuity of mindfulness with friendly, kind, curious attitude? How can I turn toward my experience rather than shy away from it? Um, Sometimes, like yesterday, we need to gladden the mind a bit before we can look at these difficult experiences. We need to find a little more balance. And that is part of the process of turning toward, you know. So we'll get more into that stuff later. Insight appears on its own. The more you look for it, the farther away it will go. I'm just telling you that from lived experience. (laughs) If you find yourself looking and you might see it in the tension in your eyes, do a relaxation pass. It's going to just appear. It's going to reveal. This is a path of revelation. Path of revelation. Things reveal themselves as we're watching. All we need, our job as yogis is to just support the conditions. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Let the momentum of mindfulness build up on its own. Watch. Keep applying a relaxed yet persistent effort. That's our job. Let the rest happen on its own with the brilliance of your intuitive, innate wisdom. That is there. Okay. All right. So, we're going to do a couple. I'm going to, I'm going to guide us in a, a couple, two techniques today. One is, and we're just going to continue basically what we did yesterday. And uh, we're going to, but we're going to add this piece of actively checking our attitude. That means actively seeing whether we are resisting what's happening, whether there, whether we can, if we can cultivate friendliness. We cultivate. We say, well, can I meet this with friendliness? We're going to see if there's resistance there. And so, when that happens, if we see resistance and whatnot, we can start to, we can make that our object of meditation. We can realize, recognize it's here and sort of sense into it. 
and say, okay, well, what, what's going on? What am I resisting? Sense into your body, feel the resistance in your body, feel what it consists of. Maybe there's some emotions under there, some kind of, I don't want this, or I'm bored, or, oh, no, can I just watch TV, <laughs> or whatever, you know? Resistance. Just see what's there. It's just an exploit. You know, you don't need to get to the bottom of anything. But this is the process of cultivating friendliness. We see what's in the way. See, if you can get curious, and that means to ask questions. Drop a little question, what's happening right now? And then let your body answer. Let the senses answer. Let the mind-body process answer. Don't let it be an invitation to think. So this is the checking of the attitude, getting the wise part of the mindfulness. And then we're going to start to observe our mind-body experience a little more particularly, if it works for you. And I'm going to offer a technique to help us with that, to support us. It's a labeling technique. Labeling means just as we're recognizing something, to apply a label, to, to label it with a little word inside. In, the, in our mind, a little tiny soft word. So um, the labels that I'm going to invite us to use are really general. Feel for whenever you're feeling sensations in the body. And then two kinds of thought labels. So we're going to, if when you become aware that you're thinking in the form of self-talk, You know that narrating, interpretive voice inside? You might have noticed already. (laughs) A little bit. A little bit, kind of the running narration of our lives, right? When you become aware of that, use the label talk. That's what's happening right now. I'm talking to myself. Those kinds of thoughts. If it's the kind of thoughts that are more like images in the mind's eye, use the label image. These labels can be used in a couple ways. The feel label, if you use it, you don't need to, but if you use it, I, 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 it's, an inc- it's an invitation to get closer in. Sensing some sensations in my belly right now, feel. That invites my attention to come closer and start to, where, where, do, I, where do I feel those in my belly? Are they moving around? Is it pressure? It's pressure. It's heat. It's, and are they are they um, moving? Are they changing? And we just watch. You don't have to do that little internal narration. That's just me reporting to you what mindfulness is showing me. Okay. So the feel just brings us closer, brings our attention closer into the sensation, so we can see them more closely. While they're there, the. The talk and the image you can use in a couple ways, either to bring you in closer. For example, talk, you notice you're talking to yourself. You can start to see here. It's almost like it's like inner listening, not only the content of what you're saying, but like the tone of voice that you're using to talk to yourself. You can start to notice some qualities of this inner voice. With the image the content of what you're seeing, and also 
Now they, you know, what happens next, bring you closer. Or you can use those labels to let go. Okay, you've noticed what your mind is doing, now you're going to come back to the body senses. So experiment. You either use the labels to bring you closer in and watch the mind, start to practice with the mind as a meditation object. Sometimes what will happen is that we'll get entangled. You expect to get entangled. You start to observe the self-talk, and you suddenly caught up in it, right? You suddenly caught up in it. So if that happens, if you find yourself really sucked into the mental content as you start to observe your mind today, let it go, come back to feel, come back to your body, come back to your physical senses for a while. Reestablish your continuity of mindfulness, and then maybe glance back at the mind now and then. Experiment. The overarching intention and guideline is what supports more continuity of mindfulness It's very interesting to practice with and observe the mind. But we get sucked into believing in it. We flip back and forth between believing in it and practicing with it. So if we're believing in it too much and there's just too much momentum in that direction, which there may very well be, it's only day two, then step out of it, come back to your body, okay? So now we'll just do a little bit of experiment in what talk and image are, okay? So just close your eyes for a sec. Feel talk and image. Gathering your attention in the here and now. And let's just experiment with these two kinds of thoughts before we get into the, the practice uh, time. Experimenting with talk by talking to yourself. Just say to yourself your name and your home address and listen to yourself as you talk. Can you start to hear the the tone and the prosody rhythm like I was just noticing that I was being very melodic. My name is Cheryl Sleen. I live at 66663, you know, a little melodic quality to my inner narration there. What do you see or hear? And now why don't we experiment by talking to ourselves saying an intention for our practice today. Speak that to yourself and listen. Wondering if you can relax around the self-talk as you're talking to yourself. Relax your face. Eyes, throat, shoulders. Today my intention is to relax your throat.
And now with image, imagine in your mind's eye a room in your house at home. Start to see the objects in there. The doors and the windows. The different colors, things you've chosen for that room. And so when you see images appearing in your mind's eye like that, you can use the label image. And know that you're watching an image in the mind as you're watching it. When you hear that those inner voices, all kinds of different inner voices talking today, know you're hearing the voice talk by using the label talk if it's helpful. And then dropping down into your body, and then we'll start the practice time. sensations in your body reveal themselves as you pay attention and watch and feel perhaps start by sensing into any places of tension or holding gripping inside and suggest to those places to soften and then see what happens. As much as you like, when you are aware, you're feeling a sensation in your body, use the label feel to bring yourself closer in, bring your attention closer in. And explore it more completely.
And if you should catch yourself thinking and noticing it's talk, use the label talk to either let go of the thought and come back to sensations in your body, breathing sensations, other sensations. Or get closer in and listen for a second. What am I actually saying to myself right now? And how? Without judgment, without needing to change anything, just want to see, gather the information. You should notice any images popping up as you wake up from thinking. Note image and see if you can be aware and watch that image in your mind's eye. Or use the label to just let it go. Acknowledge your mind and then come back to your body.
A really great place to practice, feel, image, talk is in the moment you wake up from being lost in thought. When you're aware, it's like take a mindful snapshot of your body, your mind, having just been lost in thought. What do you see there? Feelings in the body? Some residue of emotions generated or associated with that line of thinking. What can you see? Perhaps the thinking continues and you can label talk, image. See if you can stay mindful. Use your body as a base of operations. Waking up from thinking, go to your body first. What's happening? Am I tense? Emotions here. Feel. Feel and observe the sensations. If you find yourself talking, use talk, images, image. So you can stay here for a few seconds or however long you want when you wake up from thinking. And then, as it feels right, just come back to some stabilizing object, something that's happening in the here and now that's easy to be aware of, to sense and feel and know. Sound, (coughs) breathing, sensations, body, using the labels to help you recognize what's happening when it's happening. And then to either bring you closer in so you can see more completely or to skillfully shift your attention. That's what you'd like to do. There's no wrong way. Let it be an experiment, an exploration. What is the nature of my life today? Let me watch and let it show itself. How is life expressing through me today, in this moment? What am I aware of?
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.